This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. I'd like to address something I touched on at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020. And because I sense the importance and the urgency of the times we're living and the need for the gift of discernment in the body of Christ, as well as the wisdom that God gave Solomon, I want to readdress it just a little bit and expound on it. As I shared before, that in late October of 2019, I had a pretty vivid dream that stirred my spirit. In fact, each time I woke up, I'd go back to sleep, and as a recurring dream, went right back into it. So I knew there was something I needed to get from this. It was a bit disturbing, even unsettling initially, Because as I was getting ready to share with the members of Congress that were there, I sensed the Lord speaking in my heart and saying, Doug, you may never be invited again if you speak what I put in your heart to speak. So I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if I want to share this, and I don't want to share what's in my heart. I was very nervous about standing before these leaders, and it it seemed that there had been a lot of conflict between them, fighting, animosity between them. And of course, let me interject this. I know that we've been seeing this going on for quite some time. Just watching the circus that we see on the media every day and the challenges we have across our country. So that's nothing new. But in this particular dream, I just had this unsettling as I I was so nervous as I was beginning to share with them because I knew there had been conflict, fighting, animosity between them. And yet there were so many things that were still unattended to. Things like the opioid crisis, the situations on the border, rising costs and out-of-control health care costs, and the tragic murders and persecutions, even beheadings of Christians and other groups around the world. So nervously, but with great respect and humility, I addressed those before me and said with deep conviction, some of you have a profession of faith and some aspect of respect for the Ten Commandments, yet some here are operating under the spirit of murder, either by commission or omission. I've learned that over the years that we have the sense of omissions where we do not do what we know is right to do, or there is the sense of commission where we proactively, actively, willfully sin. So as I was standing before them, I said, yet there are some of you operating under the spirit of murder, either by commission or omission. I thought about the woes we see in Matthew chapter 23 and particularly verse 23 and 24. So I asked this question or posed this question. Should you neglect the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith? And then the Lord Jesus Christ himself said, blind guides, you strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. So I concluded, I may never be invited back, but do you really care about your people? Or are you only concerned with your own power and influence and celebrity? I began processing this dream with my family and staff and recently shared it during a gathering of pastors. Many of these pastors agreed with me. It's such a reflection of what's happening in our country and especially in the recent tumultuous impeachment saga we found ourselves embroiled in only a couple of weeks after I received the dream. It was a landscape of bickering and infighting that reminded me personally of the Jewish historian Josephus and what he wrote about the fall of Jerusalem to Rome. You see, Josephus was a first century Jewish historian who personally witnessed the tragic destruction of Jerusalem and the desecration of the temple. He wrote that the people 
had turned their hands one against another. In fact, families were divided and communities were in conflict. The political and spiritual divisions and fighting in Israel at the time caused instability and weakening, and ultimately, in 66 to 70 AD, Rome was able to conquer Jerusalem and destroy the temple. The political divisiveness and the spiritual division from within gave way to attack from without, so to speak. The similarity to our situation today in the political realm, as well as in the church, is uncanny, I believe. A dividing and conquering from external pressures and outside influences is causing instability in the church, and our heart is waning. It's so important for us to align ourselves with the Lord and set aside our various ideologies and differences so that we can begin walking in authentic unity. Unity that's not uniformity, but rather unity in our diversity. But our primary focus is to fix our eyes on Jesus, our highest common denominator, the author and finisher of our faith. How can we as the church be a blessing to others if we can't come to that place of humble posture in our own relationships with God and with one another? Hello, my name is Mark Roy with Somebody Cares San Antonio. Over 20 years ago, my wife Susie and I began learning what compassion was all about by working in the inner city. We learned how to love people right where they were, regardless of their circumstances. We learned how to feed people and how to care for people in crisis. We are so very grateful to be a part of Somebody Cares Network. Doug Stringer's leadership is an example of compassion in action. Through partnership with Somebody Cares, what we have learned locally has equipped us to be used globally as we respond to crisis and disaster all over the world. The very DNA of Somebody Cares is different people coming together with different skill sets and even different ministries, and yet we come together with one heart, which is to be a tangible expression of Jesus Christ in a hurting world. To join us in being that tangible expression of Jesus, you can give by going to somebodycares.org. And we want to thank you for your support. Regardless of our personal preferences, politicians of choice, political persuasions, I think we agree that we need the intervention of God in the church and throughout our nation if we're going to see the church of our nation be a blessing to the nations. It will take us coming together at the cross of Christ and becoming part of something greater than ourselves or bigger than ourselves. You've heard me say over and over and over We have to cross our racial, denominational, generational, and political lines to meet at the cross of Christ and let Christ be Lord over us because there's something about the equalization being in the presence of of God himself. Second Chronicles 5, as I've shared before, when you're in the presence of a holy God, he equalizes us in this presence. And when we come out of his presence, we're undivided. We're not according to division, but we come out of his presence with one sound, one voice, one worship, and that's when the glory of God comes. You see, there are seditious spirits, I believe, within and without. Sedition just means this, undermining God's constituted authority. The sixth commandment says that we should not murder, for example. And Jesus' own words in Matthew 5, 21 and 22 give us this definition of murder. 
You have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you, that's Jesus speaking, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. That's the court of heaven. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka or fool, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. That's the Supreme Court of heaven. 1 John 3.15 says, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Notice that Josephus addresses this. And he observed and recorded the atmosphere that was prevalent prior to the Roman conquest of Jerusalem and the desecration of the temple. He said the people turned their hands against one another. And the families, towns, and communities are in such conflict, even with each other, that they were split apart. He goes on to say there was such intense tension between families and people that civil unrest increased and society as a whole became unstable and lawless in many ways. Seditions arose everywhere, he said. The meaning of sedition, again, from a biblical standpoint, I believe, is to undermine truth and to disregard God's constituted authority and order. In fact, when we no longer have a respect for order or the rule of law, biblical or otherwise, we see the beginning of anarchy and lawlessness. We see that happening all around us today. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is a reminder that says, Those who no longer have a love for the truth are turned over to a strong delusion. We need to be lovers of truth more than our personal preferences. You see, Jezebel was seditious and wanted to kill Elijah because she didn't want to hear the voice of truth. She hated the voice of truth or the prophet that Elijah spoke on behalf of God. These seditious spirits, so to speak, from without, try to undermine God's word or God's prophetic voice in the land. But there are also seditious spirits from within. David's son Absalom had a seditious spirit, but it was operating from within the family. It was one thing to be attacked from without the voice of truth, the word of God, our faith, our beliefs, our biblical ideologies, but it's another thing when it comes from within. Absalom, who had a seditious spirit, was right in the middle of his father's kingdom, undermining God's constituted authority. We see this lived out every day as we see the scenario of an internal seditious spirit and a spirit of murder and hate played out daily in the media and in our political arenas. Sometimes it seems like our leaders are so focused on their own personal agendas that they lose perspective of why and who they are called to serve. We must all be careful not to let the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life cloud our thinking. What we need is a right spirit, clean heart, and a sharp, stable, sound mind. We need God's discernment again, just like God gave wisdom to Solomon. In my dream, I was acutely aware of our need for the gift of discernment and the wisdom of God given to Solomon. When two women came to Solomon, both claiming to be a certain baby's mother, God gave him wisdom and discernment to know which of the women truly loved and wanted what was best for that child. He could hear beyond the words to understand the heart, 1 Kings chapter 3. As the church, we need a new level of that same kind of wisdom and discernment. Years ago, a pastor friend from the underground church in Vietnam shared how at one time he was praying to God to give him all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
This was not a selfish prayer of someone seeking some sort of spiritual power or some place of authority, but it was a humble prayer of one who sought to serve the Lord with every ounce of his being and to be a leader with wisdom. Through this process of prayer, God reminded my friend that one often neglected gift is the gift of discernment, and he began revealing the importance of this gift to him. We're coming into a season where we must hear and obey the voice of the Father in greater measure. We need prophetic clarity and wisdom like never before. There are many competing voices in our culture, and even in churches today, declaring their vision of truth. Many sound convincing, but as the body of Christ, we must look to the head who is Christ, ask for His discernment, His gift of discernment, His wisdom, so that we can discern real truth. Only through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, that gives the gift of discernment when we identify, like Solomon, who really cared about the baby, who really cares about our community, who really cares about our nation. We need to discern with the wisdom of God who is trying to divide and conquer, who is trying to cut the baby apart, who's trying to divide up our nation, and who are those who are crying out not to cut the baby in half. See, we need the wisdom of God so we can discern beyond what we hear from external influences. With all the politicking, political jockeying, and people trying to attain a position of influence, we need to be the plumb line of healing and hope, righteousness and justice, lest we set ourselves up for a fall. In this political climate we live in today, and especially in this political year, we need to keep our feet to the ground and our hearts before the Lord. We need to take a humble posture before God. I call it knee posture with vertical worship. We need to discern the seditious spirits from without and from within. We must resist the murderous spirit that promotes a disrespect for truth and authority and opens a Pandora's box of anarchy and lawlessness. It's imperative, I believe, that we as Christians surrender our personal preferences, even our personal political ideologies, and ask God to give us the ideologies of the kingdom of God, not man's. While many in the world, and even in the media, focus on the political and international drama surrounding the elections, the coronavirus, and other situations, we as Christians must keep our eyes fixed and focused on the Lord. The late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole used to say this, that wisdom is in the strategy and the glory is in the victory. Too often we disregard God-given gift of discernment in favor of our personal preferences and opinions. We are not grounded in biblical truth, so we cannot discern what God is saying. God wants us to move beyond the place of our personal preferences into a place of understanding His heart having his heart, and being a tangible expression of his heart to a world around us that desperately needs to know him. He wants people who truly come into his presence to know him and to make him known, because it's in his presence where he does a work in us that only he can do. In his presence, we are equalized and brought into unity of heart, mind, and spirit. We are not living in a coincidental moment, I believe. God is moving in a way only he can move. We may not even understand what he's doing, but we must recognize that his ways are much higher than our ways. We read that in Isaiah 55, 9. Those who respond to his move out of personal preference will not do well, but those who seek godly wisdom and pursue the gift of discernment will. Like the sons of Issachar, who understood the signs of the times and what they should do. 
1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. God wants us, His church, to have a higher expectation in Him with a deeper level of consecration. The scripture says clearly in Colossians 1.18, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. You've heard me say over and over and over in Colossians that that all things are made to, through, for, and by Him, the Son of God's love, Jesus, the preeminent ones, which all authorities, all kingdoms are subject to Him. Ephesians 3.10 is a great reminder to us when it says that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. You see, we need the wisdom of God that God gave Solomon, especially in the environment in which we live today, to know what is right and what is wrong. We need the courage, because this is a Nineveh moment, to speak the truth in love instead of being reluctant like Jonah. And from the pulpits to political offices, from preachers to politicians, to all of us in between, we need a revival of character. I've learned from the late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole that the characteristics of the kingdom emanate from the character of the king. Would you pray with me for the gift of discernment that the world may know that Jesus Christ is the Lord over his church? We need an awakening so we can reach the soul of our communities, our nation, and our generation. We need the wisdom of God like Solomon because we need the gift of discernment and we need the atmosphere of God's presence if we're going to see the transformation for which we've all been praying for. Father, I join in prayer with my brothers and sisters, and I'm praying that you would give us your heart. I recognize that we have different denominational preferences. We come from different nationalities and ethnic backgrounds. I recognize that we even have different personal opinions and preferences politically. But I'm praying, Lord, we would not be divided and conquered, that you would give us the wisdom that you gave Solomon and give us the gift of discernment to recognize not just the things that are spoken, but God to see what is being done. That, Lord, we would not be caught off guard like even the days of the destruction of Jerusalem and the desecration of the temple or even what was taking place as a divided nation prior to and during the Civil War. God, there is a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual civil war taking place. and We're seeing it lived out right before our very eyes. Help us, Lord, as the church to recognize that we are the healing balm, that we are to be tethered to you, and that our personal preferences are to be laid before the altar of God. Help us in our differences to find a unity that is authentic beyond our differences, and help us to find that common place at the cross of Christ so that we are in your holy presence, that we would come out undivided, but with one voice and one sound. Help us, Lord, to be discerning, not to be divided by the voices and seditious spirits without or within. Those who would try to play the church or play us, Lord. Help us to be those who even in our differences would not allow the external voices or internal voices to disrupt us, to divide us from being what you've called us to be first and foremost as living worshipers of the Lord Christ. Jesus, I'm asking you now to do a work in us individually and corporately as your church so we can be a blessing to this nation and be a blessing to the nations of the world. 
And regardless of our political persuasions, would you give us discernment, God, that we would truly honor your word, honor your your characteristics of the kingdom, honor your commandments, Lord God, not in the letter of the law, but the spirit of what the intent was for us and is for us to not have those who are covetousness or those who are or who are have the spirit of murder or those who are looking to be enamored with celebrity but God help us to truly discern what is really going on and help us to stay tethered to you and to be the the plumb bob or the plumb line of righteousness and healing and hope and justice in the land God I pray because I see so much of us in the church being divided families being divided God help us right now Father, not to let the spirits of Absalom or Jezebel disrupt the purposes of God that is greater than what we see right before us. And I pray, Lord, regardless of what happens around us, that we still know that we have an eternal salvation. And even as Leonard Ravenel used to share with me, let others live on the raw edge or the cutting edge, but let us live on the edge of eternity. God, help us to recognize the eternal perspective of what's happening in the world today and help us to be that healing and hope, that light that shines with the, shi- the shining light of Christ to a world that desperately needs to know you, Lord. God, I thank you that all over the world there seems to be impossible circumstances, but you are still on the throne and in the throne of the hearts of your people. God, I pray to expose darkness, to shed your light on those who are settled in compromise or complacency. And Lord, let us see the light of Christ in the midst of the darkest of situations, that our hope would be set on you. We would fix our gaze on you. We'd fix our hope on you. And then we respond according. Yes, we want to be, uh, have our civic responsibilities. We, We all need to do that. But God, I'm asking us to keep our perspective first and our first love on you first, so that when we're in your presence, we're undivided, even in our diversity. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.